0: Welcome to Nine to Thrive, a podcast about making a life that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Janet McKenna Lowry, and today we'll be talking with Christopher Oakley, who runs Show Circus Studio in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Chris is a talented contortionist, aerialist, and teacher, among many other things. We'll talk about growing your own business, the importance of saying no, mentoring the next generation and combining theater and circus. Thanks for joining us. Here today with Chris Oakley, the uh, runner of Show Circus Studio in East Hampton, Massachusetts, and a phenomenal performer and good friend and businessman. And I'm going to ask him about balancing work and creativity and um, community. Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining me.
1: Hi, Janet. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay!
0: I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. So the first thing is to talk about, like, what is it you do? And you can pick any of those three to start with, or, you know, oh. or anything you want to talk about, really. But
1: All right. Uh, just kind of, like, about what I do and what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, so I, I run Show Circus Studio. We've—Show uh, Circus Studio is in East Hampton, Massachusetts. It's a recreational circus school. Um, I run it with my business partner, Henry Wheaton. And I think it's been about nine years now. I always want to make it like five, but <laughs> time keeps going apparently. So it's about nine or 10 now, I guess. Um, but we ha- have been around for that much time and we have been really focused on uh, recreational circus, community building. Um, we have a good split in our program between like youth and adults. Uh, we have about like, I would say 60% youth right now and about 40% adult population. Um and we, we do a lot of performances in the community. We do, you know, workshops and birthday parties and camps and all the kind of usual stuff you would expect in a circus school. So that well, is my And explain,
0: explain recreational versus
1: Like what? professional circus, yeah. So uh, recreational focuses mainly on, you know, everyday people who want to come try circus, who want to, you know, do a different kind of exercise routine, um, who maybe want to perform some... Uh, this is as opposed to like a professional school where people are like, I'm here to train, I'm Mm. here to focus. I want to get a job in Cirque. Like, Mm. so it's, it's a different feel because it's less, um, uh, it has a little bit less of that focus and a little less of that intense energy of like training. So Mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit more fun and a little bit more accessible to people, um, who maybe don't have as much of a physical background. So they feel comfortable coming in and trying it.
0: And what ages
1: uh, we do everything from one and a half to adult. Uh, we've had people as old as like in their 70s come in and try things out. Um, and I actually I think maybe 80s too. Awesome. Um, but I'd say our general population ranges between, uh, I'd say, five and like 50. I'd say is like our, our primary
0: um, age range there. Okay. And why did you start show?
1: Uh, I started show originally because I had just gotten done um, uh, with a training program up at the New New England Center for Circus Arts. And that's where I met Henry Wheaton. Uh, We were both training in a program there. And I didn't want to leave the area um, because I wanted to keep training, but I wanted to be around the same area. And so I discovered Northampton where Henry lived. And, um, I just, I enjoyed the vibe and the feel here specifically as a queer person. Um, it's a nice, uh, queer community and it has a really nice, um, safe kind of bubbly feel to it, which <laughs> I really enjoyed and, and is really why I'm still here too. Uh, it just has a good safe feel for me. And so we... Um, we were trying to find a new place to train that wasn't as far as driving all the way up into Vermont. Mm. So we started a training space, and I had taught a lot of circus before. I had been teaching since way before that. So it just kind of made sense for me to teach out of the space, kind of help with costs. And then the interest grew and grew, and we grew and grew, and we just kind of had to keep up with demand. And so we started teaching, and it's kind of been a dream come true because it's kind of something that I've always... Thought I would do when I was younger Mm -hmm. is teach or be around uh, specifically youth and to help them with that. Like my dad always said that uh, he he would always look at me and go, I know someday you're going to work with kids. You're just great with kids. And I'm like, thanks, dad. And at the (laughs) time I was like, I don't care about kids. I don't know what's up. I'm like 10. Why Why do I care about kids? But now I'm like, kids are great. I love them. (laughs) 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 Times have changed. Times have changed.
0: And what do you see? What do you see ahead? Like, what are your goals for the school or, you know, near and far? What?
1: Yeah. um, So that's a great question. Uh, So we are currently we've been in the same space for the entire time that we've been open, so we're at the Paragon Arts and Industry Building, and there's a lot of um, kind of old mill buildings in this area that are getting reused. And so it's one of the nice, like, creative ways of reusing those old spaces. Yeah. But um, one of our main goals is to get out of this space and to get our own. Um, so we've, we've been looking around the area for quite a while but the hardest thing is always trying to find ceiling height for our aerials. Mm. Um, that can usually be the most difficult part of finding a space for mm. circus schools. Um, and so we, we've we been looking and we realized that, you know, it's probably going to be in our best interest to get a little bit of land and just build like a empty box for us to be in. So right now right. our goal is to um, focus on getting our own space so that, you know, the money that we invest into it comes back to us because that's... You know we had a few options to get some space um you know as like a rental situation but it was like a triple n lease situation where we were like paying for everything anyway so
0: mm.
1: you know we realized if we're going to do that we might as well have it be something that you know we can get back from so Interesting.
0: And yeah d- does the state ever want to help out with like well there's empty churches why don't we get people to use those
1: I mean, I wish that was the case, but sadly, no. I mean, the mm. real estate around here in particular, because of the colleges, oh. um, people have kind of a stranglehold on things, and they're totally fine charging enormous rents and not having anyone in the space because they can use it as a tax write-off. So, um, um, yeah. and yeah, uh. and it's a lot of like, um, like old money, like people who have been like owning stuff around here forever. And like, it's been in their families. So it's difficult to find new big buildings. Right. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Flying around
1: yeah, exactly like oh that one that would be nice like every time I, I go into like Lowe's and I'm like man I wish Lowe's would go out of business I would totally take half of this space like, it's so nice. <laughs> but then Lowe's won't go out of business so, you know.
0: they absolutely are. refuse they're very they stubborn do. about that <laughs> they, really
1: are. they really are yeah so that's oh. kind of like what we're looking for right now is just like um, more space to expand our programming uh, and you know we're we're making small increases every year Uh, We kind of give ourselves new yearly goals, um, and usually it's around this time of year that we start looking at, like, our next year and, you know, what we're, you know, going to be aiming for. So, um, like, I know that for, like, our youth troop program, we're aiming for, like, a bigger show that has more of a story and has, like, more props and things Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So So not, like, a cabaret of acts? Correct, yeah. Mm. And this year we did, so we did a space-themed show this year for our uh, youth troop program, and it was really great. Uh, It had, it was the most like thematically cohesive show we had ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, it's always difficult to put on like a full theatrical show when you also have to focus on like the skills and the tricks of circus and work with that. Um, So this year, we have a new plan going in, and we're going to hopefully do something like Peter Pan or some actual story that people know and be able to Uh, utilize a little bit more theater with circus.
0: Oh, that's fun.
1: It's one of our big goals for this coming year.
0: That is fun.
1: Yeah. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I guess yeah, I'll tell yeah. you next year this time.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that just started. I'm, I'm pausing because I was like, ooh, my brain's running with that. That is so great.
1: <laughs> right? It would be. A, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, a lot of our kids you know, they, they're cross-disciplined. So they do a lot of other things as most kids do. They're mm. super busy nowadays. Um, but, uh, a lot of them have theater experience. They want to put more of that, um, like acting experience to good use. And, you know, with circus, you use so much stuff in circus, you know, you use right. acting, you use physical theater stuff. Um, you know, you use dance. Uh, so the more that we can integrate, you know, those different kinds of skills and the theatrical circus work that we do, I think it'll be better a better program and better for the kids and just a more interesting experience for everyone.
0: Well well Peter Pan would be a brilliant one to start with because it's hard to do that in community theater because of the wiring.
2: Right? Yeah. Not with right? circus. <laughs> it's <So> built in. <laughs> that entire
0: that entire sticking point just vanishes if they're circus children right exactly
1: it'll be great (laughs) and you know and we've also saw because um you remember Amanda Goble yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah so when she was in Peter Pan for a while like she did like the mermaids as fabric like
2: so we were like
1: okay so that's already kind of been done so we know it can be done which is you know we don't want to reinvent the wheel completely (laughs) right
0: well no because you're not a professional performance troupe you're a
1: exactly
0: you're a school oh that's really neat
1: yeah so Um, that's our that's our hopes and goals for that and you know Working at, you know, increasing our, you know, our adult program offerings as well um, is another big focus of ours and giving our more advanced students some different opportunities, workshops and performance uh, opportunities in the coming year do, are kind of our next focus.
0: Do adults want to do that same kind of performance or do you find that like they're mostly in it for, for exercise?
1: Uh, I would say probably 50-50 split. I think the more Mm. people get into it, the more they're interested in performing it. Okay. I I think they kind of get bit by the bug eventually (laughs) is generally what I see. Uh, But there are, like, we do have an adult performance troupe that we started last year. And there Ah, were four people in that. And they actually, they were part of our gala show this past June. And they were great because they provided all of our, like, they basically ended up like clowning acrobatic transitions where okay. they were like the through line of our story they were our astronauts who were uh. going and like leaving the planet going through the different acts discovering you know new creatures and
0: oh that's they were good. kind of the
1: base for everything and yeah. they helped c- kind of cover our transitions because aerial transitions can always take a while so. yeah Cir- <laughs> uh,
0: circus is that circus mercus i know does that that's really smart Yeah,
1: yeah and it worked out really well like it was really fascinating to see in the beginning of the year and the fall, these folks were like a little timid about the experience. They weren't (laughs) super interested in the idea of like, being kooky and crazy on stage, and then after they did their first night show, they were like so into it, and they just went completely out and just did it, and they did an amazing job. And they're like, "We want more of this." And we're like, "Okay, we can we can do this." And like, Are "You enjoying yourself?" And they're like, "Yes, absolutely." And we're like, "Good." People
0: That's forget. Awesome. People so. get People forget what it's like to play.
1: It's true. Absolutely. You yeah. Know, you go to the and gym,
0: you use a treadmill, and you go home. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretending I'm running today. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not playing. I'm pretending I'm running today. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. It gives some variety. So, you know, it's and it's nice because, you know, a few of these folks that were in the performance troop like, you know, when you grow up, you have a variety of experiences with performing whether they be good or bad, depending on, you know, what happens. Like, I know a lot of people have like bad gymnastics or dance experiences mm-hmm. or whatever, and sometimes that can affect how they think about performance and what they want to do when they're older. Right. Um, And so, you know, there there are some students that we've had where they've had those bad experiences, and so they're really timid about getting back on stage. And so we kind of, you know, we we gently nudge them forward, you know, and go, you know, it's okay, you can do this. Like, you're like, we can tell that you're going to be really good at this. Like, just keep going. Like, don't think about it. Just do it. Like, you're going to be great. And, you know, every time it's resulted in something really wonderful, where people kind of blossom, and you can see like their joy on stage, as opposed to the fear that they thought they would have. Yeah, it's just really nice to see people do that. And it's great that, you know, we can help with that.
0: And that's lovely. And um, while I'm at it, I should just ask you to list off the skills that you teach. Oh,
1: sure. Uh, me name? personally or well, the school? The school. The school. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll go to you next. <laughs> okay, got it. So we generally tend to do uh, a little bit of all the aerials, so like uh, aerial fabric, trapeze, lira. Um, we have uh, rope, uh, Spanish web, uh, which is basically the same as rope, um, and, um, slings. Uh, we do hand balancing, contortion, um uh, balance work on like rollabolas, uh, rolling globes, tight wires, uh, juggling of all kinds, clubs, rings, balls, Diablos, which is one of my favorite, um, uh, partner acrobatics, stilt walking, unicycling, uh, partner acrobatics, which I think I already said. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what there's. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think yeah that's you're Just looking the, through the
0: equipment. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's
1: mainly the bulk of it. Hmm.
0: Do you do any? Do, I, not to not to point out anything that's missing, but um, uh-huh. have you ever done any sear wheel or German wheel? or those things that are on your?
1: It's funny that you mentioned that. So we uh, we do not currently. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our instructors has a sear wheel that she uses on her own, but. The floors in our space had been a little weird for a long time and we never had an instructor around who could teach. Mm. Um, and so we actually, there is an interest in it for sure in our community. Mm. And there's a person who's coming through. I'm forgetting her name off the top of my head. Uh, but we just scheduled a workshop with her and do a German wheel workshop because she's nice. bringing her own German wheels with her, which is so great. Okay, yeah. So yeah, we will be doing that for the first time and we're going to see kind of how it goes and
0: nice. see if we need to
1: get any wheels after that <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and i'm glad you mentioned that so it's not just classes it's also camps and workshops and tasters and things yes, like that so exactly. people can go in gently and then find out how yep. much they love it um, yeah and
1: actually we yeah. do have this other thing too called labs now which is oh a what's really that fun thing so labs because we know that sometimes our drop-in costs can be a little much for people who are like on fixed incomes or have difficulty um you know purchasing extra things uh so we have these things called labs which are kind of like guided open studios where people can come in. They have an instructor there that can give them tips, give them pointers, give them new things to work on. But Mm. it's, you know, skills that require a lot of practice, like unicycling, stilt walking, juggling, um, flexibility work. I run a flex lab. Um, These are all like lower price point, more guided less like rigid instruction and it's like for five bucks you can come in for like two hours with an instructor or with a group of people and just kind of have fun and just do an activity that you've decided to do and you know, we've we've had a lot of great success with it. A lot of people have, like, been coming to our juggle jams. Like, people have been getting better with juggling. Half of our community can unicycle now, which wow. is crazy to me. Wow. So it's just a lot of fun. And we make it for – some of these things are for kids, too. So most of them, like, the juggling, the unicycling are for ages 7 up. And okay. then, like, for some of the other stuff, like flex and stilt walking, it's, like, 12 and up. So we wanted to give people the opportunity to drop into things work on stuff cheaply but still be involved in the community.
0: Oh, that is nice.
1: Yeah, it's been working really well. We've been really happy with that program.
0: Oh that is that I've that is a really nice new sort of innovation in that. I think that's lovely. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's
2: been fun. <laughs> so
0: so yeah, so actually that segues into community. So we can go that way or we can go into like your own your own uh creative life which which direction this is choose your Uh, own adventure
1: i like this let's go to page 74 (laughs) community first
0: and then we'll go back
1: (laughs) for the other stuff great
0: great. yeah so so yeah so just talk a little bit about like how you've developed the community and the communities that you are part of and foster Mm
1: -hmm. uh yeah so i mean i guess i'm I'm kind of in between a few different communities here that kind of overlap in fun ways, but I'll start with the circus community. So, um, so we started, you know, as I had said, like nine years ago and we've had quite a nice community that has developed people who are, uh, like families, uh, people who are, you know, single and just want to have fun and like perform more and just get more involved in something physical and artistic. Um, so we've had, um, We've had, like, a lot of people who have developed friendships and are very close now, which is a lot of fun to see, like, people coming in, training together, doing things outside of the studio. Um, and, you know, to to try and foster that a little bit more, we've recently started doing community appreciation events. Um, we try and do something at least once a month, or sorry, not once a month, once a session. And we have about four sessions a year. So um, we try to do something for the community that's, like, free, something that they can just come to, enjoy themselves. Like, Hmm. it's, like, a no obligation, like, come hang out at the studio or whatever event that we're doing. So, like, we, in last fall, we did a movie night and we had all these families come. We had like 50 people come. It was a ton Aww. of fun. And we just projected um, a movie up on, uh, up on our wall <laughs> and, just, and had popcorn and people could just come for free. And it was a really nice kind of experience for people.
2: Yeah.
1: We, you know, we continue to do like our free performances for like recitals, things like that. Uh, student showcases and you know I know that our teachers are currently getting into the idea of producing more shows for the more advanced students so that they have more of an opportunity to to perform and be part of that like performance community Mm. Um, so we're moving towards doing a lot of that next year as well as adding in more um, like kind of creative performance opportunities more like open and not necessarily family focused but more just like Um, you know, artistically expressive kind Mm. of platforms for people to come in. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of the circus community a little bit. Mm. Um, And I guess, and I straddle, so I straddle that world with a lot of like performance art world, um, mainly like drag and burlesque people I'm very much friends with because of my partner who runs a lot of these shows. Mm. Um, And so we're, I have a lot of crossover, which is nice because my skills work well for those performers, too. So I'm always mm. like, hey, your split needs some working on. You want to come, <laughs> come work with me? <laughs> Stay safe. I don't want to see you busting a hamstring out on that floor. <laughs> um, and people are like, stretching? What's that? I'm like, oh, okay. All right. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll talk. Um, so like, that's been a lot of fun to kind of introduce that world to the circus world. Mm. Um, just because people are realizing that they can get a lot of good body mechanics body skills out of doing circus and that's really what I think is useful about circus in like if you do it in conjunction with another like performance art like drag or burlesque is that it helps just get you in touch with your body so that you know how to use it a little bit more and it's not necessarily about doing tricks while you're performing but it's about you know doing something physical that allows you to you know feel the music and feel yourself on stage a little bit better Mm. and feel more comfortable in your own skin
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah
0: is there um is there any crossover with any of the college communities out there or is it really just like people find you and that's a great
1: question i so there are a few because we have the five colleges here Mm -hmm. and so I I actually just got asked this by a woman who was coming with her daughter to Smith. There used to be a group on the Smith College campus called the Bearded Ladies. I'm not sure (laughs) if they are still around or not, Uh, but it's a very appropriate name and I love it. (laughs) And uh, the Hampshire, there's Hampshire Circus and then there's a juggling club at UMass. And there's been a little bit of crossover with those. Like we used to and we also used to teach a bunch of Holyoke students. Um, Every once in a while, we have groups from, like, clubs come to us and do events and uh, do, like, workshops, things like that. Um, But we actually haven't done that in a little bit. Um, But we try and cross-promote, like, things that they're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. We try and stay connected if we can with them because we are a nice local resource for those folks, too.
0: It's interesting. Some of those have been around for a while. I know the the Hampshire one's been around for a while because it's – oh Uh, yeah there's such churn of the students like every every four years it's going to be a completely different group Um, yes so it's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird tension between a everybody's gone and b who's keeping this alive oh right yeah
1: absolutely (laughs) and uh, like we had so for the longest time i taught the hampshire circus group trapeze for Mm. like i don't know it was like a period of two years where i i just we just kind of did a friday night class and it was just late at night and uh, we did it for a long time, but then, as you said, you know, the whole team turns over, and then there was no one else who was interested in doing it, so it just kind of stopped. And I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, but what I love seeing is that actually there's this one girl who was in that group who was now doing trapeze professionally, and oh, wow. I think that is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, awesome, get it.
2: Oh, that's great. <laughs>
1: it's so nice to see these, like, students who have, like, you know, even if they just come to show for a little bit, it's nice to see like where they were and like where they've gone and like mm. how they've taken their practice somewhere else. Like it's nice to see people out in the world and doing their thing. So
0: yeah. it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to you out in the world, doing your thing. How do you balance Ooh. those, those pieces with balancing?
2: Oh,
1: balance. That's a great question. Um, I would say, uh, it's definitely difficult. (laughs) Um, you know, as a small business owner in particular, uh, you know, I kind of am working all the time slash I set where my boundaries are. And sometimes I forget to set those boundaries. Um, so I think, you know, it can be, it can be a little challenging to balance, uh, this kind of work because all of it is so open-ended, um, And like in specifically with like performance stuff, too, you know, there's an ebb and flow that I tend to kind of get on and I'm either on the creative mode or the business mode. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have to kind of honor and accept that when that happens, um, because, you know, forcing creativity is not everyone's favorite thing to do. Right. Um, And, you know, if you're feeling really creative, having to sit down and do a bunch of administrative. Spreadsheets. spreadsheets you're just kind of like oh my god so i kind of feel like i have two people in me i have like that hippie artist who's just like yeah man creativity i love it and then the other one who's just like you gotta sit down and do some work like what are you doing like you need to do all these things right now like let's get it done so it's an interesting juxtaposition like within myself so i think the way i balance that is trying to just recognize when i'm in these specific like sets of like feeling creative or feeling like organizational basically Mm. um and just taking advantage of that energy when I have that that time and that focus so
0: you don't necessarily formally set aside like tuesdays are my day and don't (laughs) don't come in don't talk to me (laughs)
1: no 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 I I, I've tried to do that and I've tried to have like different days where I focus on different things but you know with running a small business like this it's a lot of a lot of things come up quickly and then I'm like like, what am I going to say? Like, Oh, I'm sorry. I take care of that on Thursdays. I
0: <laughs> that fire right will be put now. out <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> sorry. I mean, I
1: mean, I could do that, but it's not as effective for my business. So, right, um, right. so, you know, I'm, I'm generally pretty available to people. So like my, um, my on and off time is kind of nebulous and flows. I, you know, during the workday, day, I generally work all day from when I wake up to when I go to bed, but I take like little breaks in between. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try and keep myself paced well, so I don't feel overwhelmed with the work. Mm -hmm. And I find that that works best um, for me is just taking small breaks, Mm -hmm. doing like a little bit of like running errands, doing something like cleaning the house, coming back, working again. Um, That usually works great for me when I'm like at home. And I also take breaks to do like creative things. Like I'll do some, some sewing or like, some sculpting or something like that oh, interesting. Um, things that i need I to do you a sculptor um, that's wonderful yeah yeah i've been getting into sculpting and doing cast castings of wigs out of latex with sculpting <laughs> wow. it's one of my favorite things now i love it wow. it's so much fun
0: <laughs> i will have to see pictures that sounds hilarious yes,
1: i am not good at it but i love it and i will do it forever <laughs> <laughs> i will make you the ugliest wig you've seen <laughs> I would love every moment of it. That's a good thing to reach for. (laughs) I've got high lofty goals, Janet.
0: (laughs) You have reachable goals.
1: I sure do. I like to keep them reachable so I feel really successful when I go above and beyond. I think that's important, too, is having uh, manageable goals.
0: Ugly wigs,
1: check. Ugly wigs, check. Done. Now I'm gonna make beautiful <laughs> wigs, and I'm gonna be so impressed with myself.
0: <laughs> so do you do you have opportunities to perform yourself, and do you have to like do you set deadlines and things like that to be able to get in your time?
1: Fascinating. Uh, so I've, I've I'm recently just coming off of a year long break of performing.
2: Mm.
1: Um, I found that it was challenging for me to focus on myself and like my identity as a creative person. And like, so like my, my burlesque persona is Captain Elastico. So I, I I view him as a very different person that takes a lot of different kinds of energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, I mean, he feels like, you know, a baby of mine as does my business. So, it can be challenging to divide my attention between them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and so I, I made the choice to stop performing for a little bit just to kind of refocus on my business and make sure that that was going well because we just made a lot of big switchovers and a lot of big changes and we're growing as a business. So I was concerned that, you know... Mm-hmm. As I had said before that, you know, sometimes like if I'm feeling creative, I go with that as opposed to like feeling organizational. But sometimes the timing of that isn't always helpful. Mm. Um, And so I needed to you know, really just focus on the business and make sure that that was going to survive because that's what I need to survive. So um, I started focusing a lot more on that and just taking a break from performance. Um, also financially, burlesque can be a little expensive. Mm.
2: Uh,
1: it's a lot of a lot of shiny things, a lot of costume stuff, um, especially if you're making new acts and, you know, burlesque doesn't pay a ton of money. So mm. it's it's good to, you know, it was good for me to focus on the thing that Really gives me my livelihood. Um, even though b- performing does give me life, it's just right. a very different kind of
2: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
1: life, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm starting to look into performing a little bit more now i'm going to be performing again i mean luckily my per my partner uh horse of runs you know a lot of these great burlesque shows and does a really good job of it and it makes it easy for me to perform if i want to perform so mm-hmm. it's a really nice <clears throat> thing um for me just personally to be able to decide whether or not i would like to perform in this great community that he's developed mm. um but like as a as uh i really haven't been doing a ton of like outside performances like it's just not worth it for me Mm. to currently to do like you know a $50 gig you know let's say in like I don't know Boston you know that's like takes a bit of a drive for me to go there like I have to get all my stuff together and it's like a lot of the times my business still needs my attention at the same time so Mm. It's, it's been tricky. It's been tricky. And I'm, I think I'm still trying to figure it out, but I've got like little bits, little bits and pieces that I, that I hang on to. Do you find, (laughs) do you
0: find that doing the business has a creative aspect to it that's fulfilling in that way?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, And I, I think that this is, you know, part of my part of my part of the side of myself that really loves organization really loves the creative organization (laughs) possibilities of business. And that's kind of what I've always been into is, creating structures, um, creating systems, creating policy and procedure. Like I know a lot of people are like, man, that's like the most boring stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I just, I love a good system. Like <laughs> yeah. if I know it's going to happen like a, B and C, then I feel great letting it go and having someone else deal with it. Right. I was like, that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm totally a bit of a control freak, but <laughs> I, I've, I admit it and I love it. Um, but like, I think that just creating those systems, like when I get into it, I really find a joy in it for sure. Like that's like, or like figuring out like how to make people's registration easier. Like right. that brings me a lot of joy because it also solves a lot of my problems at the same I, yeah, time. Yeah, I was just
0: going to say that it's kind of funny how much joy there is in avoiding pain.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> You're like, oh, praise Jesus, like, everyone can find this thing now, and they don't have problems with it anymore, yeah. and everyone's happy. Like, that's awesome. This Crazy. used to
0: take me 40 minutes per person. <laughs> yes. And now they can do it themselves. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's the best.
1: <laughs> you can say, here, this is an easy system. Because it sucks, like, if you're trying to tell people to go do something on their own, or, like, here, do this, like, it's self you mm. know. Um, what's the word I want? Self-regulated self, or self,
0: yeah, self-serve? yeah.
1: Self-serve. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't want them to have to come back to me and say, I don't get it.
0: Right. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't
1: work. And the same goes for like my employees or, you know, um, any of like our clients. Like I just, I, I like things to be organized as much as possible. I like it to be easy and clear. And, you know, I find a lot of joy in setting that up and figuring it out. It's very, I mean, I, I also enjoy puzzles. So mm. I think that that, it feels like a big puzzle to me a lot of the times. Hmm. It's like, especially with scheduling. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out yeah. scheduling is obviously like the biggest uh, puzzle of admin yeah. time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I will tell you that um, studies show, and I know this because I've been reading them all year, studies yeah. show that employees are much happier when they're autonomous. So anything that you do that makes people able to be autonomous,
2: yeah. that staff makes
0: sense. gets a lot happier because they can just... Get on with their their day and do their thing without being like, you know.
1: Having someone breathing down their neck. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You do it this way, do it that way. But with these people, do it differently.
1: Yes, right. And I hate being that person too. Like, I mean, I'll do that if corrections are needed, obviously, because I need to make sure my business is run the way it needs to be run. But like you know, I, I want people to be independent. I want them to feel like they have the information available to them to do the job and to do it correctly. Right.
2: Right. And so that's
1: generally what I like to prepare people for and to have the systems in place so that people can feel successful doing that, Mm.
2: Mm. whatever the task may be. Well,
0: you know, I was actually going to ask you, but you may have just answered it. What's your favorite thing?
1: (gasps) Oh, uh, you mean like business wise, Well,
0: you know, you can choose. You can have more. You can have more than one favorite thing too. Ooh, I can have a few of my favorite you things. Can. Oh, how exciting! Maybe a few I'll sing of it. Your favorite <laughs> Thank you for singing it for You're welcome. <laughs> I hope I don't have to pay royalties.
1: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, no, it should be fine. Uh, yeah, hopefully, Ask Cap won't come after you. Uh, so, um, my favorite thing, huh? That's a great question. I think. Mm,
2: hmm. Hmm. <laughs>
1: That's the hard question. i I really enjoy, as I had said, just kind of like organizational work, I think, has just always been my favorite. Like even if it's just like organizing my house or organizing a drawer or anything like that, i like I like everything to have its place in mm. its order. And I think that that is me trying to help with the madness of everything that goes on, at, like, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, trying to trying to help myself and my brain process kind of everything um, and to kind of keep things as sane as possible. So I think that that – I enjoy it because it helps my, my mental health to know that things are, you know, organized. Well,
0: I think it can be kind of a Zen practice, honestly.
1: <laughs> it is, absolutely. And, you know, I, d- I mean, I come from from a very strong Buddhist background, and, and so I think that um, a lot of the – you know, the things that are a little bit more meditational kind of attract me,
2: Mm.
1: um, naturally because I, I, I feel much more connected to that, um, because of my past. So I think it's, yeah,
0: I didn't know that. Um, and, uh, what's the most challenging thing that you face?
1: Mm, Challenging. Even if it's just a Um,
0: bone you have to keep kind of chewing on.
2: Um, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) so to speak. Yeah. I think, you know, probably one of the most challenging things for me right now is as our business continues to grow, um the thing that's been challenging and because it's been a new area for us is doing more um like employee management, like HRE kind of stuff and mm. just making sure that, you know, we're we're up to code on stuff and that we're doing things right and, you know, that you know, we're making sure you know people are treated fairly and that you know their you know their rights are being acknowledged and um and i i i think that that's just a new area that i don't have a lot of background in and so we're learning a lot about yeah, it yeah it's like a learning uh, curve
0: there's a lot it to is. it it is
1: there is a lot to it and just you know having having to manage staff and like staff interactions and you know personalities is is becoming more of a challenge, the more people that we have on staff. Uh. So it's just, it's an interesting, um, next step in the business that we really hadn't had to deal with as much before. Um, and it's not like it's something that we deal with a ton, but Mm. it's just, you know, little things come up here and there and that have to be addressed. And so I think that that's probably the most challenging right now um, just because it's a new thing and we're just learning more about it. So. And is
0: that kind of a tipping point where it's like when when it's four people, it's not a problem, but when it's six, yes. it just yes. sort of tips into, it wasn't a problem exactly, but we never had to deal with this at four. Uh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And that's absolutely correct because we have like 16 employees now So, I mean, it's not a ton, but it's definitely more than, like, the six we had before. Right,
2: right, including
0: you, yeah. Including us, yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) So, like, and I think, you know, it's continuing to grow. Like, we might even have closer to 20 now. Um, But, you know, different people, different personality types. Luckily for me, circus tends to have, like, pretty focused and, for some reason, very educated people in circus. Hmm. There tends to be a lot of... Folks that are like college educated that go through circus, which I think is fascinating mm. um but uh but yeah, just I think having that increase in in people and just dealing with personalities and like the legality of everything is right is definitely you know making us consider consider some sort of h r like department, but you know mm. we're so small that we can't really afford like someone to do just h r so right right, right. um. There's likely you know a lot of services out there for small businesses now which is the kind of stuff that we're looking at like off-site HR kind of things but right, right, um, right. but yeah I think that that's probably the biggest challenge right now
0: yeah. that's interesting. I, I, yeah. I will I will put a little asterisk and give you a footnote story. One of my favorite calls to ever make when I worked in the circus was mm-hmm. for fundraising to the parents of one of our young adult students. Uh And I called and asked for a donation, and they said, we paid for our son to go to Harvard, and now he is an acrobat. We are not going to donate. We're very, very unhappy. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, well, I hope that all works itself out, but thanks for taking my call.
2: (laughs) Oh, my god! I
0: think he had just informed them <laughs> it was really oh, it was too like soon. yeah too soon, <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely these people should not have been on my list <laughs>
1: Oh dear Lord, like cross off, be like very upset at circus.
0: It really was. It was almost a pastoral call, like Oof. oh my goodness, oh well, dear, all right? Oh man,
1: that's yes. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Goodbye.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> He's really very lovely. <laughs> Good job, yeah, raising right? him.
1: <laughs> I wish him all the best. <laughs> oh
0: god. Um, so the last so thing, funny. the last thing I want to ask you is, um, do you have any advice for your younger self? What, what, what do you kind of wish you'd known?
2: Oh
1: yeah, a lot of things that tell my younger self. Um, I would say, I would say, don't be afraid to say no. Mm. Because I grew up as very much a people pleaser, and so learning to say no was a very mm, challenging process for me. That I'm, you know, I'm still working with, but I'm definitely a lot better at saying it now, which I love. Yeah. Um, But being being firm in how you feel about something and being able to effectively communicate that in like a professional and mature way is I think a really huge thing to be able to do. And it's something that, you know, as a, as a kid, I didn't, it's not that I wasn't told that you could say no, but it just, you know, if you could help someone out or like say yes to something, you know, it, that was the preferred response, you know, right. and of course you want to see people, you know, be happy. And I, you know, I like, people to be happy around me like I'm very much an entertainer constantly all the time. <laughs> so like I'm you know constantly trying to like have that vibe but I've learned to kind of cool that down, cool my jets a little bit mm. on that and to just you know let people be and um but also to like know how to stand up for myself and and say no and um and that that's okay to do. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I think that that's a really difficult thing for people to do like most of the time to say no yeah, um, unless it's something that they've really thought about and have been told or have worked on because um, it just doesn't I don't like it doesn't come easy to me that is for sure so uh, that's been an interesting process and I would definitely tell that to my younger self and say just get used to it now <laughs> just start saying no to people and <laughs> like and you know it's it's important to realize you know when people are walking all over you as opposed to just like asking a favor so like being able to tell the difference between those situations and then being able to respond accordingly, I think is really important um, for like your own personal well-being, mental health, everything. Yeah,
0: so yeah. I, and you bring I, up you bring up a really interesting observation about just that moment where you're like, I like to help people out, and yes. how that's the place to catch it, not yes. later when you're like, I. I absolutely am at the end of my tether. I have nothing left.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. That's and, hard. And you know, I've come to realize that it's you know, if you and if you say no, the other person's response is is not should you shouldn't have that reflected on yourself. You know. Right. Like like if if you say no and they're shitty about it, then that's their response. Like it doesn't mean that you have to do that. You know, it just means that they're upset about it. That's okay. But mm. you know, yeah, you got to keep doing what you need to do. So um and I. I and I just think that that has been such a huge thing <laughs> yeah. to be able to recognize that because yeah. it does. Cause like if you say yes to too many things, like I see this all the time with people, they say yes, they say yes, they say yes. And then they're ultimately unhappy about it.
0: Right. Or and they disappoint everybody.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or if you say yes and really can't hold yourself to that standard, you know, it's like, okay, well let's be honest with ourselves. Like I'd rather you tell me, no, I can't do this than say yes and not do it, you know?
0: Right. Right.
1: And, this is something that I actually try and teach. It's funny that you ask if this is something I would tell my younger self because when we do um, our CIT trainings, mm-hmm. like our, our counselors for our camps, yeah. like we usually have like our upper level youth and youth troopers. Like we do a three hour Uh, training with them every year if they want to help out and assist with stuff. And one of the things that we really try and drive home to them is that, you know, you can say no, and this isn't just in camp. This is in life. Like we really try and push that forward. And I'm like, I wish I had known this as a kid. (laughs) So like I tell them every time I get a chance, I'm like, This is what, like, these are things to pay attention to. Like, say no. If people are jerks, like, you don't have to be involved with them. Like, just cut it out, you know?
0: Oh, I love this. I love this well beyond, like, life skills. Circus plus life skills.
1: Exactly. And, you know, (laughs) I mean, our our motto for show is Circus for Fun, Circus for Life. Because it's like, we're recreational, so we're for fun. But we also think that there's a lot of things that you can learn, not just circus-based, but, you know, like, emotionally, socially, that you can take with you um, from doing things that show. And, you know, we, we have a very strong, like youth policy. We have very strict guidelines about what's acceptable behavior and the whole, uh, you know, between like adults and youth. And, um, and we think that that's really important to showcase what healthy relationships with youth and adult look like so mm. that they can then go out and see if there's something that feels weird to them that they have kind of like a keystone to go mm. back to and judge, like, situations on. So, like, um, we're always about, like, trying to make sure that these kiddos are prepared for life as, you know, much as we can actually do for them, you know?
0: That's – actually, this is really interesting because it's almost like – I mean, a lot of of places that work with kids will have safe school kinds of, you know, procedures and policies in place, but Mm -hmm. rarely do they ever clue the older kids into the backstage of that, into the existence of that, into, like, the – Here's how you detect. We've got it in place, but look what we've got in place. See, see where that is lacking in other parts of your life or any Yeah, that's really interesting. Absolutely, that's a huge service.
1: It is, yeah, and like, and we always ask the parents to be involved. Like, we try and be really transparent, and Mm. you know, the one thing that we always come up against is discomfort. People are like uncomfortable talking Mm. about certain things, and they're like, well, if you talk about it that makes it feel like it is happening. It's like, no, we're talking about it to ensure that it doesn't. Right. Because talking about things, it, all it does is make you feel awkward, and no one's ever died from feeling awkward. Right. So it's like...
0: Right. There's... Right. <laughs> it's it's real... like you,
1: you just got to step it up, you know, and, and One ice cream
0: Sunday later, and the awkwardness is, like, gone. But, yeah. but, you know, don't talk about it, and it's, like, years of therapy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like... And people think that
1: by addressing certain topics that you are promoting it or making people fearful because of it like this is like a lot of the pushback that we've had on our policy that's like
0: saying that by teaching kids to look both ways before they cross the street you're teaching them to step out in front of cars i mean that's analogous like that is it's i know it's i know it's stuff that gets people wigged out but i mean really (laughs)
1: <laughs> right i mean it kind of it reminds me of my grandmother who like never wanted to talk about her funeral arrangements and it was right. like but you're girl, still going to die you're going to die <laughs> Like, you got to talk about it sometime, Grandma. And then, you know, she <laughs> passed away and she had no funeral arrangements. And it was just like, okay. I yeah, was like, I know. There the alternative
0: go. is that we will plan it. <laughs> and we're yeah, going to exactly. have a great well, time. Good luck.
1: I'm gonna, you're going to have a great funeral now. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's very similar to that. And so, you know, we are always really appreciative when people, like, support and understand our policies. And we do our best um, to definitely explain explain them to people and to get them all on board. And it's been really good for our school because it's helped us uh, those people who don't agree with our policies and have issues with it, leave. Oh, and we're yeah. like, that's fine. Goodbye. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's you know who your customers are. That's, that's yes. been, that's, that is a really interesting meta thing about running a business, I think, is mm-hmm. the ability. It's part of the saying no, but it's that moment where you say, it's l- like this, this person, despite the fact that they have a check, costs more yes. than. Yes. They bring in like, the, cause they devalue what we do. So yep. they're just absolutely. not a good, they're not a good fit, you know, yes. for and whatever reason.
1: Absolutely. And that's, you know, we say that a lot because it's, you know, if, if someone's not willing to support our policies to support our community and what we have done here, which we know people are accessing and are, are enjoying. It's like, if this is not for you, then that's fine. Like there's a right. lot of things in the world, go for it. Like, go somewhere else. Like, it's that's okay. It's so interesting
0: like, how hard that is for small businesses.
1: It is, yes. And that has, and that's one of the things about saying no that it was always troublesome for me because in my head, as a customer service person for many, 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 many years, <sighs> there's always that customer's always right, all that kind make of stuff. Make it work. And it's like, for make everybody. it work. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden, I'm like the last chain in that, you know, order of command. So I'm now the one that everyone turns to at the end and is like, "Well, what do we do with this?" And so I'm the one who has to say no, mm. explain why, do all that. So because I've had to do that so much over the past 9 years, I feel so much better about it and mm. and I've learned from that process that putting your foot down and being firm about what you want to do in your space will help create that. And the people who agree and stay will help foster that. And it'll only make it stronger.
0: Right. Right. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's all for my questions. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Is there anything else you'd like to touch upon before we, um,
1: no, I think I'm good. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> this has been lovely though thank you for having me I oh, really thanks for- appreciated kind of thinking about all these different topics It's fun.
0: good good well thanks, thanks for being here y'all yeah. <laughs> that's it for this week's 9 to Thrive podcast be sure to visit working9tothrive.com that's with the number 9 to access show notes find resources
2: and join the conversation thanks for listening